Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. All right, welcome everybody to our second night of David, the life of David. Tonight we're going to do chapters 23 and 24, um, interesting chapters uh, with an interesting, some interesting lessons. Uh, I think hopefully everybody found the questions a little bit more um, straightforward this week than last week. I think yeah. these questions were, were a tad bit easier, um, and, uh, but hopefully they, you, you still found them beneficial. Um, I am going to uh, mute everybody. Uh, and, and will if, if I'm unable to unmute you, just, uh, just wave your hands frantically or something and we'll get you unmuted afterwards. If I can figure out where the unmuting is. Okay. Everybody just be quiet. I won't, I won't mute you. So I, I, sharing the screen out. I can't see, I can't see, um, where the mute button went to. That's okay. We All right. promise not to make noise. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's pray. Lord God, you have caused all your holy scriptures to be written for our learning. May we so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort offered by your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay, so... Uh, here's a brief uh, recap and, and a little bit of application and uh, uh, some maybe little info that'll help us out um, as we go along. I'm not going to cover everything because some of the things we're going to discuss in our, um, in our uh, questions. Uh, but I'll try to not, and I'm going to try not to step on the toes of the questions. Um, so it, it's, it's a bit, if it feels a bit disjointed, that's because the information, I don't want to answer the questions ahead of time. Okay. So this picks up um, immediately after uh, the last chapter. Um, and we're not told how long, but as we know, David, David is on the run from, from Saul. Um, Saul has murdered the priests at, at Nob. Uh, and that um, has given David the opportunity to end up with uh, the high priest elect and a prophet in his retinue. Um, so some, uh, he, and remember, he's still a young guy during this time, maybe early 20s, mid 20s, something like that. Um, uh, so an, unamount of, an unknown amount of time has uh, elapsed. Chapter 23, it can be divided into three sections. Um, David at Kalia, um, uh, Saul, David escaping Saul from Kalia or, or Kila, um, Kayla, Kail, uh, Kalia, um, I don't, whatever, something like that. Um, and then following that, uh, Jonathan's, um, uh, Sorry. So there's the key, uh, Kila uh, is number one. Number two is Jonathan coming 
and uh, encouraging um, David. And that is the last time they meet. And then following that, it is David um, uh, on the run um, and, and uh, his location has been given up by the Ziphites. Um, the, the first and last sections kind of both tell a, a, a bit of betrayal. Uh, Judeans are willing to hand over David. Um, uh, in one case, in, in the first instance, uh, the residents of uh, Kela, we'll call it, and the second, the Ziphites. Um, so sandwiched between those two betrayals is uh, a description of Jonathan during his visit. So, so David is, is a, we have to remember he's the, during these chapters, he's the Robin Hood style figure. He's always a fugitive, a wanderer. He's got his men. They're moving from one place to another, trying to stay ahead of Saul um, and his men. Um, nearly everybody's turned against him. That's kind of the feel you got to get from this. Uh, and, and including those whom he expected might come to his defense. Uh, but it is because of, uh, it is in these distress, distressing circumstances that we see that God has sustained David. He has, and he does so in three different ways. By, um, at, at Kayla, by his direct divine guidance, um, uh, with Jonathan then second, by Jonathan's encouragement, and then third, by another example, by an example of God's providence. Um, so first, uh, Kayla is a border town, uh, likely inside the border of, of um, between the, 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 the tribe of Judah and Philistine. So it's, it's, it's kind of in, just inside Philistine country. Um, and so it's a prime target for Philistine attacks. Um, the, the problem here is the text says um, they've um, looted the, the threshing floor. Um, where does it say that? It's it's tough. Tough. Yeah. And now that means um, that's their crops. That's this town's crops. That's, that's, that's the Thanksgiving stores. I mean, this town is going to be starving the next year if they don't have those crops. So that's a big, that's a big thing. That's, that, that's supposed to um, give you a sense of the peril of this city. And so David uh, gets his men and he, David wants to go and, um, and save them. So Dave, even though David's on the run from Saul, he's not so consumed with his own problems that uh, he doesn't see the needs of his own countrymen. Um, an open question here is, is why, isn't, so why hasn't Saul come to do anything about this? Um, where's Saul? text doesn't tell us but he his absence is missing um so what david does is david gets god's guidance he gets it into and he, remember he gets this through this thing called the ephod which is um a, a, a kind of like a priestly garment that the priests wear and he's got a he's got a priest with him now um uh, the details of how that works are aren't aren't given to us but um it seems if it's not, a, if it's not, the text seems to imply that it's a direct God speaks, boom, right? Um, 
it, um, it could be that, and I think it's likely that. Um, some people want to say it's something like the magic eight ball, right? You shake the magic eight ball, you know, all signs point to yes, that kind of thing. Um, either way, it doesn't matter because uh, Hebrews chapter one says in many and various ways, God used to speak. Uh, so God, God speaks in the Old Testament in lots of weird and strange ways. Um, but either way, the point is he gets God's guidance and he gets on, on two fronts. He asks first, should I go and save the city? And the answer from God is absolutely go and save the city. The second question is, uh, um, his men are a bit nervous. Um, his, his men are nervous and, and he has to acquire again, if we go down, are, are we going to beat the Philistines? And the answer that comes back is, yes, you're going to beat the Philistines if you go down. Um, um, this is an interesting kind of contrast with Saul, because Saul massacres the priests at Nob, um, and yet um, it, it, they're described as wearing the, the linen ephod. It, like that, that 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 point is is highlighted in the last chapter and yet here david's got one um and god's using it to um to um speak so this is like a counter move um to, to to saul saul might have destroyed uh killed 85 priest priest uh priests who wore the ephod but one of those one of those ephods is still um acting as a medium through for God's word to show up and support his chosen uh, uh, anointed king. Um, so, so, so um, and then Saul finds out and he makes plans to lay siege um, to the city. Um, and that's, um, uh, and he makes plans to elude him and uh, or, or to besiege the city. And so David then calls upon the, the Lord again with the ephod. And this time it's, it's stated that he does. And he, he, he's able to, to free. Um, and and the, what he's worried about is, are the, are the residents of Keilah going to surrender me? And the answer from God is, yes, they're going to surrender you. They're, they will give you up uh, if... Saul comes and so he hightails it and one of the questions we'll deal with is whether or not uh, how we feel about them doing that and why why would they um, betray David and these kinds of things um, the next section um, after being after that disappointing probably very disappointing experience at Keilah uh, David is receive, receives a visit from Jonathan uh, now you remember who Jonathan is. Jonathan is the heir to the throne. He's uh, the king, uh, or the king's son, Saul's son. Um, and uh, he's what's important about this event is that up until now, up until now, so Jonathan um has implied that he supports that he knows david's going to be king and he supports him now he comes out and says it uh you're going to be king and i'm going to be your prime minister uh that's that's kind of what he expects and he expects to have that subordinate position in um 
in in the thing. And so it says he strengthened uh, they, Jonathan strengthened his hands in the Lord. Uh, um, and there's a there's a good um, a good uh, this means it, it shows that Jonathan um, that Jonathan has confidence in God's plan. And um, he, um, uh, and, that, and that can strengthen David in trusting in God's plan. Okay, and then the third section um, is this, um, uh, David eludes uh, Saul in the wilderness. And what's going on here is the Ziphites, and um, in Hebrew, it's not, there's no definite article. So it's, it's not likely to be the entirety of said Ziphites, but one small contingent of them, um, a group of them, a delegation of them, some of them, probably not the entire clan. Um, um, why are they betraying David? Uh, maybe fear of retribution from Saul, maybe the reward, uh, that kind of thing. And so um, they give up his location. And what they do is Saul sends 3,000, I think it says, of his best men to go out and um, uh, attack them. And um, what, what's funny here is um, at, at one point, um, Saul is on one side of the mountain, David's on the other, and the troops are coming around both sides. Um, so, so David's in a... In, in, if you're seeing this in a, in, a, in a movie, you know, the pincer, it's a pincer move and the pincer is getting closer to being caught. Um, and all of a sudden at the last moment, a messenger comes in and says, the Philistines are attacking. You need, we need these 3000 men. And so Saul has to break off the pursuit and he has to run off. And so David is spared. Um, this is of course, uh, shows you that, God is, is with David. His hand is, is helping David. Uh, David is, uh, God is David's helper. He, God is the one who's protecting him, sustaining him. God's at work accomplishing whatever purpose he has for David, even though David might not see the end. Um, that's important to see. Um, and so then David um, goes and settles in the caves near Ed Gedi. Um, and Gedi is an oasis. Um, I saw it in a like a documentary once it's very beautiful still to this day you can go to this place called Engedi, and it's this beautiful luscious oasis oasis uh in the middle of the desert so that's where um there's caves nearby that's where he's hiding the water supply it makes it good uh, a good good place um next um the next chapter has after some time, it says Saul returns from following the Philistines, and, and David's position is, is given up again. Once again, he's told he's in En Gedi. And so Saul takes 3,000 guys, and they go looking for him. Um, and you know what happens. David and his men are hiding in a cave, and who comes in to take a wee but King Saul? Um, and David's men... Are, they, they interestingly say 
the men say to him, here is the day for which the Lord said to you, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. Um, so David's, the, David's men interpret this as divine providence. Um, Saul, you'll, you'll notice, did the same thing. I, I think this is important. Um, I will give your enemy into your hand and you shall do to him as you. Now, by the way, God never said that. Um, uh, but um, up here at the beginning, what does Saul say? Um, um, where is it? Um, God has given him into my hand. God has given him into my hand. For right, so how does so notice this? Saul and David's servants are making the exact same mistake. They're making the same mistake. They're interpreting events as 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 a word from God, as 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 providence, um, and they're making a conclusion based on events and not the word of God. So that's important to see. Um, so David goes out. He um, he cuts. He doesn't want to kill Saul, um, but he cuts off a corner of his garment. And even then, when he cuts off the corner of his garment, he um, he his he his conscience uh, strikes him um, because what does he cut it off with? He cuts it off with his sword. Or a knife, maybe. Um, and, and the act still could could still be viewed as a symbolic gesture, uh, as an attack against um, Saul's office, um, uh, a challenge. Uh, and so that's why it, it kind of bugs him. And so Saul, um, so, so Saul goes out. And then David takes a gamble um, and he comes out and he falls down and, and he prostrates himself before, for, before Saul. And uh, he has a long, very rhetorical, very politically, mo not politically motivated. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a political speech, but it's, it's a long, it's, it's a pretty long speech for the Bible. And he gives this speech. And we're going to look at what David said in the questions. Saul is thrown off balance with this, with, with his appearance and, and then uh, the homage he plays and the fact that David gives evidence that he could have killed him and doesn't. And uh, Saul then responds a certain way. And we'll look at, take a look at that response in the questions. Um, so some, some brief applications. Um, David places his hands completely in in the Lord. He 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 leaves it to the Lord. He he waits and he he only acts based on the knowledge that he knows uh, from God's word. He won't move without inquiring of the Lord. Uh, that that shows um, that demonstrates that David has the spirit of the Messiah to come. Uh, um, Jesus doesn't, you remember in the temptations, uh, Satan's temptations, what does Satan offer Jesus after his baptism? He offers him the king, kingdoms of the world. And Jesus does not take that as an opportunity to grab 
to grab the kingdoms of the world without going to the cross. Um, but he follows God's will. He goes to the cross um, and, and knowing what awaits him. Um, and, and so David kind of re reflects that a little bit, and that's important to see. Then the other point that I want to make is that um, just because we think that God is working in a situation does not mean that we have a um, proof of a course of action. Um, we, you can't judge things by how they look in your life. We have to judge things by what God's word actually says, uh, no matter how they look in our life. So if you have, if everything's um, turning up daisies and everything looks good in your life, that does not mean um, that you have a right relationship with God. Conversely, the opposite is true. If you're on the run from the government and, and things are terrible, that does not mean you're not in, in God's favor. Um, in order to know whether or not you are or are not in God's favor, don't look at your circumstances in life. Look at God's word, because that will tell you whether or not um, you're in God's favor or not. Okay. All right. Opening up the study questions here. So first, going back to uh, 23, 1 through 6 here. David saves uh, uh, Kila. What causes David and his men to go rescue Kila? What, what's the source of that? God tells them to. Philistines are plundering the, the harvest. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The Philistines are plundering the harvest, and God tells them to. Both are correct answers, absolutely. Um, what does, um, what do you think this passage tells you about David? David seems to always be concerned about the well-being of others before himself. Yeah, it, it seems clear. And that's, given his circumstances, you'd, you'd understand that, hey, guys, I, I've, got, I've got, man, I've got so much going on in my life. You know, I've got a lot of my plate right now. I don't... <laughs> You know, if anybody could use the I've got a lot of my plate excuse, it's David, but he doesn't use it. What impression does does this event here give you of Saul? He's the opposite. He's the opposite. Yeah. Where is he? Where is he? What's he doing? Um, he's obviously a king who's not doing his job, right? Um, is it David's job to be saving Israelite towns from Philistines? Whose job is that? Saul's job. That's He's Saul's the king. Job. He's, He's the, the king. king. Yep. Yep. The, the reason why God allows the king to exist, if you go back to chapter 18, is to save his people from the Philistines. Um, and so Saul is not doing the very thing for which God has allowed the uh, kingship to exist in the first place. Does it also show that Saul is still a threat to David and his men? Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, now, th now, those other, 
there's a little bit more that we can dig out about Saul out of these passages. What does, um, or is that going to come into the next one? Um, no, no, it won't. Um, it's going to kind of hint at some of the things in question too, but why, what do you think, how do you think the people of the, uh, the people in general are viewing, are viewing King Saul? They're afraid of him. They're afraid of him, right? Uh, do you think news may be spread because of the, the destruction of a whole town, the, the city of Nob? Probably. Uh, Kiba hears about it and they, and you can probably, the text doesn't say, but I would, if you ask why does Kila hand David out, why, is, why would Kila hand David over? It's because they don't want to be destroyed by Saul. So Saul gives the evidence of being a tyrant, doesn't he? Uh, a guy who's ruthless. Okay. And so this Kila passage here, what, 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 what is revealed about God in these passages? Or in this passage? Keeps his word. He keeps his word. That's right. Um, and he answers prayer. And he answers prayer. Both very good things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, and um, he speaks through his appointed means and appointed messengers. Right? Uh, uh, at, at this stage in the game, uh, they, don't, they can't go and pick up the Torah or the Old Testament from uh, the local, uh, you know, Israelite bookstore. Um, and so God has to use strange means like fancy garments and priests and these kinds of things. But that's the appointed means. And, and he has an appointed person and God speaks through them. Yeah. Okay. What about question two here? Why does Saul attack David instead of joining him against the Philistines? It's a chance for Saul to get even, get the thorn out of his side. This guy David, cutting into his reign and his popularity. Uh, I, I also think he sees David as a bigger threat. Yeah, threat or menace, yeah. yeah. David okay. is in a weakened position because he's just done battle with the Philistines, so okay. Saul is at an advantage. Great answers, awesome answers. Um, where exact, oh, sorry, uh, how does David learn about Saul's plans? Is this through the the priest who brought again this this ephod which was a as you say a type of medium or or is it just word of mouth um, was verse it, seven it, says it just all it says was it was told him it was sorry so it was told sorry it was told that Saul that David had come to Keilah um Saul summoned the people when David learned it doesn't say how it does it okay that was a, it was a bit of a trick question, but it's to get you to see that the text didn't tell you how. Okay. Somehow, somehow David get David gets the word. Sometimes it, it's just like, oh, David found out. Like, you know, 
somebody's leaking the information. Somebody's somehow he found out. And then once he finds out, he asks, he's not sure. So he gets the EFID to, to double check. Um, now, do you, are you, let's talk about what Keela did. Uh, are you surprised at their actions? Were you surprised when you read, when you read it? Well, they were more afraid of Saul than they were of David. That's right. And David was a, ma a means to an end for them. They got rid of the Philistines, so. That's right. <clears throat> they, yeah. they used David to, to get rid of the Philistines. That's right. That's right. And, and now and, they and, turn him over to get rid of Saul. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> They also knew that they were confined in the city, so they were at a strategic disadvantage. Absolutely. One city against, you know, the king. Why did I, uh, why did I put in the reference to John 111? Where are you? Well, Jesus encountered that same uh, betrayal from his own people, the Jews, and his own followers. That's right. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. He came to his own, and his own people did not accept him. So um, this is what we call in, in, in theology typology, and that means uh, basically, can you see echoes of Jesus' life, kind of everywhere? They're not they're not um, explicit duplications, but they're like echoes. Um, those echoes are what we call typology. Um, and that's what Jesus means when he says, um, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, uh, right? When he says that, he doesn't just mean like Isaiah 53. He means passages like this which show, which give you an echo beforehand of what the Messiah is like. Because um, David was anointed, and as you know... Um, he is the anointed one. And what is the word Messiah? Or how do you say anointed one in Hebrew? Mashiach. Um, so he is the, the Mashiach, the anointed one, the Messiah. That's why David, Jesus is called uh, the son of David. Right? Okay. Three. Uh, one of the major contrasts between Saul and David is that David seeks to hear from God. Where in chapter 23 do you see David seeking the Lord, and what difference do you think that makes? Verses 10 to 14. Also verse 2. Yeah. Um, does, he do it, does he do it later? I don't think he does later. No, later it's just providence. Yes. Um, so, so when he's in trouble or when he needs to make a decision, he inquires of the Lord. Uh, in your life, uh, now this is, uh, there are no wrong answers here, I suppose. Uh, but if anybody wants to share a little something. In your life, what are decisions or circumstances do you think it's appropriate for us today to follow David's example and, and inquire of the Lord? Pretty well everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, pretty much everything. 
Yeah, whenever, whenever it's a very, very difficult decision for us, or there's a moral question in our mind. That's right. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have a voters assembly coming up uh, not too in the not too distant future. Is that something that we should probably be in prayer about? Inquiring of the Lord about what which way to go on certain things. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that's that's uh, it's a bit of a reminder to to us in our busy hustle and bustle of life. It's so easy to to neglect prayer. Uh, you don't have to uh, sit down and write a psalm every time you you pray to God. Um, <laughs> you can, you know, it can be a simple you know, Lord have mercy upon me or, or Lord give me guidance. You know, prayer doesn't have to be big. Um, it, it can be short and quick uh, throughout the day as you need guidance. Uh, yeah. But David gives us, uh, gives us a good example of that. Um, Psalm 63 and 54. Did anybody uh, take, get a chance to look at those? Um, I'll pull up. Um, did anybody get a chance to look at those and, and see um, see the, how, how those um, relate to David's spiritual condition? Um, in Psalm 63, David's in need of God's strength and guidance, no matter what time of day it is, no matter where he is. He continues to trust that the Lord will guide and protect him. And even his enemies will get what they deserve. That's right. And kind notice how it, child. that's right. And notice, notice when it was written, wilderness of Judah. That's mm -hmm. so that, that that's written at the end of the, uh, the end of chapter 20, uh, 23 into 24. And then uh, 54, 54, when the Ziphites went and, and told David is not David hiding among us. So this is there. And I think in, did any, well, let me, before I say what I say, did anybody have any thoughts on this one? Uh, like you, it, go ahead, go ahead. I liked what it said in the study Bible, probably all of you read that too, where it said the deliverance he provides in Christ, who himself knew persecution unto death, makes us triumphant despite every appearance to the contrary. Especially like the last, the last few words there. Yeah, and that, and that's the, that's the point we saw. That I was made. I was. That's a better way of putting the point I was making earlier. Um, I, I think uh, George, w w did you have something extra? Basically, what's <clears throat> what Susan um, said. He prays to God to 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 have ju have God judge his own case. Um, he sees the enemies of God attacking him. But he voices the assurance that God will take care of him in return. He will offer God a thank offering for doing That's right. Uh, notice he calls he calls the Ziphites his enemies. <laughs> um, I think verse four is a good summary of today's lesson. Don't don't you agree? Yeah. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. I think that's a pretty good. Um, summary um, of what's going on in this chapter. Um, 
in in uh, that explains what happens in uh, with with Kila. That explains what 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 that's the encouragement that that um, that that Jonathan comes with, right? Don't worry, the Lord is your helper. The Lord will guard your life. Um, uh, that's what happens with 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 uh, the Ziphites. And it's it's also what happens uh, with uh, in the next chapter. So I think it's a good summary of the the, the one of the main themes in this um, in this uh, chapter. In this one more point there in verse one, you hear that the name of God has power, right? Yeah. Yep. When yeah. you call out to the name of the Lord, there is power in the Lord's name, right? You see that in the New Testament, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. That's right. right? So when you cry out to his name, has power in it when you say it. You and expect hell. Yep. And and that's, um, I think that's the third commandment, uh, second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not. And it says, lie, curse, swear, use satanic arts, uh, lie or deceive by his name. But who remembers? Call upon, Call upon his name in every trouble. trouble. Give praise. Give praise. Give praise. Give praise. That's right. Exactly. Call upon his name in every trouble. That's exactly what David does. Um, uh, and that's what he says. And call, pray, pray, and pray. And give thanks. Um, whoa. There we go. Okay. Uh, question five instead of fighting Saul David flees at one point the two armed groups are on, even on the opposite sides of the same hill why does David run from Saul instead of making a stand and fighting against him why doesn't David start an armed rebellion I don't think he wants Paul to be still... Oh, Bob? Saul is still the king, even though he's not doing what God told him to. And also, God did not tell David to fight him. That's <laughs> excellent answers. That, that's exactly what I wrote down, because every time David has fought in these two, uh, or did anything in these two chapters, it's been because God has told him to yeah that's right it, it, it's 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 simple and, and, and it's clear and he doesn't have it's to use a lutheran phrase it's not his job it's not his vocation yet right if god's going to make him king god will make him king he's not going to um reach out and take it by force so uh, uh, then an application then following david's example how should Christians respond to a government that makes mistakes that, and that doesn't uphold God's commands? Well, for starters, we need to pray for the governments. That's right. Absolutely. And, and we do that liturgically, right? We, we pray for every, we pray, I try to pray for all, hit all the levels of government uh, uh, in, in the prayers. Um Absolutely. They are God. They are God's authority on earth. That's that's right. Um, and so, um, 
does that mean when the government is is doing wrong do we does that mean we have the right to rise up in rebellion and overthrow it form a christian state no 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 and, and romans 13 says says that too so so david gives us a good example how, how would should we respond as christians if we're if we're persecuted by the government well, if, if we're per persecuted for our beliefs, is, is that not what we were told to expect? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, even though we may have put the government there by our vote, I don't know. Just... Yeah. Um, um, uh, hold on just a second here. Uh, hold on, there is a child screaming. <laughs> Apologize. All right. Um, yeah, and, and so David ran away, um, right, when, when he was persecuted by the government. And, and Jesus gives that exact same advice um, to his disciples. Uh, if you if they persecute you in one city, flee to the next city. And you see that even in, in, in if you read Acts, you see that in Saul's example. What happens when uh, he gets himself into trouble and it, a mob, creates mobs and they toss? What do they? What does he do? Well, he leaves that city and he goes somewhere else. And he comes back to that city later after the mob has died down. So that's that's um, uh, and and we also have to trust in God's providence, um, as da as uh, David did. Okay. Question six. Uh, this is about uh, Jonathan's visit. H how do you think David might have been encouraged by Jonathan's visit? Jonathan verified what David had already perceived. Uh, Jonathan said, you're going to be king. Saul won't hurt you. So you got to be encouraged by those words. Yeah. Uh, notice um, the hand. Uh, that, that, that hand language comes up again here. Do not be afraid for the hand of my father Saul shall not find you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so think of a time when someone helped strengthen your hand in God uh, during difficult times. Uh, what did that person say that was meaningful? How can you be a help to someone in difficult times? Sometimes being empathetic is all it takes to make someone feel a little bit better. To yeah. let them know that someone else understands where they're at. Yeah. To remind them that God is in control of the situation and ultimately everything he allows works out for good. That, that's a, a great way to, to, to encourage somebody. Uh, 
Um, you, you could also remind them of the promises of God, right? Uh, no, no. If they're struggling with their sin, for example, you could say, well, you know, or how, how, how can God love a sinner like me or something like that? You can say, no, no, the Bible says that God loves sinners and he sent Jesus to die for them. Uh, there's a promise of forgiveness. Everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved, right? We all know these precious promises that are in the Bible and we can share them with anybody. Uh, and so we can we can be the Jonathan to someone else's David. And I'm sure uh, you don't have to go into details, but how many of you have experienced that throughout your Christian life? Yeah, not heads nodding. That's right. Um, and that's why uh, we need each other, right? Uh, Luther calls this the mutual consolation of the brethren, right? We're able to help each other to do what David or, or Jonathan did. So another bit of a probing question there to, to get us to think of how people might be going through hard times and how we can help. Seven. So we're moving into the next um, to the next part of it. So so what opportunity does is it falls into David's lap? Well, he caught Saul with his pants down. <laughs> yep, he did. That's okay. Right. Um, so David doesn't kill him. What is David risking? What does he hope to gain by sparing Paul's li Saul's life? What's He's he risking disapproval by not doing what the opportunity presented was presented to him. Right, disapproval from whom? His own men. His own men. That's I hadn't thought of that. That's a good one. Yeah. What else could be risking? His own. His own life. life. Yeah. His own life. Yeah. As soon as uh, as soon as uh, David comes out uh, and makes himself known, uh, a sane person would have sent the army in to wipe them out, right? So, so what does he hope to gain? What's he What's he trying to do? I think he's providing a godly example. <laughs> yeah, he's he's providing a good example. He, he's trying to shame. Saul, uh, by his example of, of what a king should do. What else? David kind of an adrenaline junkie. He like kills bears and lions. And I think he's rolls. I think David. I think that's a. I I I think that is an astute observation. This guy is not. He's not afraid to risk it. He's not a he's a bit of a gambler. He's he's able to, you know. But it kind of gives it kind of gives the uh, it it works with a young guy, right? Um, later on in life, when David's older, um, he he'll make a mistake, and 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 God will give him one of three options you can go back to the wilderness for a while like you were like when you were a lad or or you can uh um and he gives a bunch of options he does not choose <laughs> to go back into the wilderness 
um, as an adult. Um, uh, he'd ra- he leaves it in the Lord's hands. But um, he's young here, and uh, I think, Gary, you had a great uh, uh, insight into his character. Well, the other thing, too, his faith is extremely strong, and he knows God has anointed him to be king, right? Mm-hmm. So um, kind of takes care of that fear factor. If God's on your side, you know, who can do you harm, so to speak, right? Right, exactly. And that, that was the message that he had with um, Goliath, right? <clears throat> and again, he was also reassured by Jonathan, what Jonathan had told him. Right. So I, I think what we're seeing here, too, is David prefiguring Christ's mercy towards Saul. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's another great one. Um, um, uh, there was a point here. Um, and so notice what, what, Saul, what David does. In order to put Saul off his guard, he comes out and, and, and bows down and worships him or not worships him, but um, uh, gives him the honor that a king should, should be, should, should have. That's, that's not the, um, that's not the way a rebel acts, is it? Okay. Um, think of a time when you had opportunity to harm an enemy uh, and were tempted to, to use that opportunity for revenge, but instead you did no harm. Why is it always better to be merciful to our enemies than defeat them when we have an opportunity. Well, we're defying Christ. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that, that's, um, uh, and that's the, the, the first Peter two uh, passage here. Um, I think it's uh, the reference to, um, Christ suffered for you, leaving you example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. There was not deceit in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return, right? So it's thinking, you know, um, if you've seen the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and you've seen, you caught the glimpse at just how terrible crucifixion is. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't swear at him and, you know, that kind of thing. He doesn't curse them or damn them. He just, you know, and that's, that's important for us to see that example. That's my confirmation first. <laughs> um, and, and we can take revenge in many ways, can't we? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it, it could be about saying, you know, uh, uh, saying something uh, to, uh, it, it might, it's not even about action. It can be about gossip or, or saying, oh, did you see what that what, what they did? How, how terrible is that? You know, you're cutting them down. There's so many ways we can take revenge on somebody for not for for uh, instead of letting God deal with it. Okay, so that's a, another good introspective question. Uh, question eight: What significance do you see in David's words in twenty four six? And, and he repeats them in verse 10. 
I think you see respect and reverence for Saul because Saul is still the anointed king and, and David's master. Yeah. So the, 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 the phrase in question, the Lord yeah. forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to raise my hand against him, for he is the Lord's anointed. And then he says the same thing um, in verse 10. Uh, okay. I will not raise my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. So so David shows respect for authority. Mm -hmm. He's That's also right. following God's command. True. That's yep. right. Yep. Which command is that? Um, commandments uh, fourth? Yes. Good job. Honor your father and your mother. Uh, and um, what example uh, do you see this in our for our lives today? Certainly, our attitudes towards the government. Sometimes, yep, yeah, we certainly absolutely. take liberty to bash them quite easily. Right. Also, yeah. our attitudes towards leaders in our church. Absolutely. And um, especially to um, our pastors. Uh, for me, Pastor Bublitz uh, is my pastor. And for all of us, Pastor Bublitz and Pastor Toyster, right? They're our pastors. Uh, the Lord's anointed, right? That, that kind of thing uh, should imply a little bit of that. Our um, employers. Our employers, and that's another good one. Yeah, any authority we, we could. Uh, it gives us a good example and a good thing to stop and, and think before we say or do anything. All right. Uh, question nine. Are we doing for time? We're doing great. David trusts that God will bring justice to Saul and will keep his promises to david on god's schedule so david resists the desire of his men to strike down saul how can you approach the challenges of life today with the same confidence in god and the same and the same patience that david exhibits prayer prayer that's right and following the examples of people like david that have been set before us that's right that's right <clears throat> And remembering that vengeance belongs to God, not us. That's right. Vengeance belongs to God, not us. Absolutely. Retaliation will come in the right way at the right time if left to the Lord's left in the Lord's hands. That, that's exactly right. Um, and and no matter what, no matter what you're going through, uh, God um, is not has not abandoned you. Uh, he, he's there with you all the way through. Um, and and j just like the example of the Psalms show, uh, um, you can, he's your God, you can seek him. Um, your heart can thirst, for, you know, you can thirst for him. Um, um, and you, you can, you can bless his name. You can lift up your hands to him in prayer. Even when, uh, the, the time is, even if it's a terrible circumstance, the best thing you can do is to call it to God in prayer 
uh, and like David does, sometimes it looks like his his um, his psalms are complaining, don't they? Why why have you let this happen to me? You know, um, the song, you know that there's nothing wrong with pouring out your heart to God, and, and that's an example David gives, and that's an example uh, that we can follow. And it's got to be extremely hard because when you hear some of these stories of, you know, families being wiped out by COVID and, you know, like having, you know, uh, one of the teenagers was the only one left and the entire family was, you know, died from the disease. And when you hear about that kind of stuff going on, you kind of, you know, think it was God really with me? Like, but it, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of faith and uh, just trust and hope right that's right yeah absolutely it's a good it's a good message uh for us today no matter what happens if we get covid if uh our friends get covid if we get cancer what doesn't matter uh god is there uh to be our help okay so um how does Saul respond to David's words and actions? He's sorry. He's sorry. Yep. Yeah, he showed repentance. Um, he showed repentance. That's right. Um, sorry a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what about his... his what about his uh, physical uh, response? He wept. He wept. Yep. Uh, he also asked that David not cut off his descendants, which means to protect Jonathan and his family. Yeah, that's just, uh, Jonathan remember, made the same. He made the same request. Um. um do you think Saul is is being self-serving in that request? Yes. <laughs> yep. No, Ron saying no. Yes. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is correct. You're saying no, or that is correct. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um, and so what does, and we, we covered this, uh, what does Saul acknowledge about David's future? What does he know? That he's going to be, be king. That he's going to be king. Absolutely. And, oh, one thing we didn't catch. Um, remember, David, going back to David for a sec. Um, why do you listen to words that say David seeks to do you harm? Um, this, ver uh, uh, this very day, your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you into my hand. Uh, uh, um, notice, um, he doesn't, what does David not even do? David doesn't even assume that, that's, that Saul, it's Saul's idea. That Saul's doing this just because he's jealous and hates him. <laughs> He he puts the best construction on everything. Well, maybe he's hurt. Maybe I've got some enemies at court who are telling lies about me. Oh, he's probably hearing voices. He's probably hearing 
just it's an interesting point to make there. Um, so, um, and we got the request in. He, um, um, Saul expresses a kind of remorse in this encounter with David. Do you think this is genuine repentance? No. No. Yeah. Why Nobody not? Knows. He doesn't ask for repentance. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. Oh. Yeah, and, but there, there's a big glaring example. Um, um, he doesn't ask for forgiveness, that's true. Um, but if, if he really believed that David would be king, what would he do? He wouldn't have asked him to spare Jonathan and not cut off his lineages. Well, no, not quite that. Um, I mean, even Jonathan asks that. Um, Saul still wants to be remembered going down in history. Yeah, you're close. Um, Stop trying to kill him. Um, yeah, he, he, he knows that he's going to be king. Right. Um, and he does not want to give up his kingship right he refuses to stop being king if he knows that that the lord gave dave gave him into his hands and he knows that the lord's working here he, he confesses that the lord's been working in this situation so he he's got to know um that the lord has chosen uh uh david because the lord's not speaking to saul and so the sign that he's not repenting is that he's not giving up his kingship. He should lay aside his crown and say, David, David to rule, right? But he doesn't give it up. Um, and how do you know that David knows he didn't repent? Well, David didn't go home with Saul. <laughs> no, he didn't. He went right back to the, went right back to the wilderness. Yeah. Right? It's, it's just like... Um, those old Robin Hood stories, you know, there'll be there'll be one story where uh, Robin Hood and the Sheriff of Nottingham, uh, Robin Hood helps the Sheriff of Nottingham out. And so he says, I won't kill you this once, but we'll do business as usual tomorrow. Right. That's 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 the kind of thing that's going on here. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> So, at the center of these chapters was David, question 11, God's anointed one. These chapters are about the suffering that he needs to go through in order to become king. Uh, what does that foreshadow? Suffering that Christ, suffering and death that Christ has to go through so that scriptures can be fulfilled. That's right. Um, and that's what I, I, I accidentally gave you the answer to this way too early um uh but here it is uh this is jesus speaking on the road to, to emmaus you foolish ones slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken was it not necessary that the christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself so the bible is all always about jesus and so when you're looking even at this Old Testament, you have to ask, how does this tell us about Jesus? And so are there any other ways in this chapter do you think reflect that David reflects Jesus? 
He always sought God's will. He always sought God's will. Not my will, but thine be done. Right? Yeah, it, it also foreshadows Christ's suffering before his exaltation. Yeah. Uh, it, it reflects Christ's mercy, um, his ability to be compassionate, and always being ready to forgive. Yeah. And we've covered the big one that he he's when going through trial, he um, he he's trusting in the Lord, um, and and that same um, the same attitude is is, is uh, with Jesus. So he Jesus. does it all with humility. And humility. That's right. So, um, and, and then what would you select in these two chapters as a, as a, a key verse that, that you think best, um, best captures what these chapters are about? For me, it was 2317, do not fear, but trust in God. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty, that's a... It comes at right at the middle. That's a pretty good choice. Yep. Anybody else have something different? I I had from evil evil doers come evil deeds, so my hand will not touch you. <laughs> that's that's also very good. Yep, absolutely. It it shows the mercy that 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 David has in spite of what all Saul has done to him. Yep. Um. And I, I think that the, the, the best thing that summarizes this is that psalm, that psalm text. Uh, I think that uh, beautifully summarizes Psalm 54, 4. Uh, God is my helper. The Lord keeps me alive. Um, though that's not technically part of the text. All right. Are there any lingering questions you have about 1 Samuel? Oops, I forgot to change it. 22 and 20, uh, 23, 24. Any lingering questions? Something that struck you as odd? Oh, one thing I, I, I forgot to highlight. Notice, um, <laughs> notice how self-centered Saul is. Oh, uh, where is it here? Adulam uh, with Ziph. Look what Saul says to the Ziphites. When they tell him, the Ziphites went to Saul at Gibeah and said, David is hiding among, uh, among us in the strongholds uh, of Horesh. Um, and he says, may you be blessed by the Lord for showing me compassion. Go and make, uh, uh, go and make sure once more I find out the field. Um, uh, um, where? Um, for showing me compassion. Yeah. So notice that. Um, here's the king. Um for, uh, yeah, um, for I am told that he's very cunning. Um, I am the poor, poor uh, king who needs to be shown compassion. And, and there's this nasty, evil, cunning David who's out to get my, my nice throne. And you guys were just so nice to me for uh, helping me out. It, it just shows how completely self-centered he is and how skewed his, his view of the universe is. Anyway, just 
I thought that was one other point I just remembered I, I wanted to uh, mention. Okay, well, um, without any other questions, uh, tomorrow, uh, next week you have all the questions. I, I emailed out the questions. We'll do 25 and 26. Um, and next week we get to see um, Abigail and a second attempt to uh, a second chance for David to kill um, Saul. Um, but our take on it is going to be slightly different because it's being just it's being put side by side with Abigail. So as you read that chapter, if you haven't done it yet, read it and note the con the new contrast that's being made there. Um, if there's any if there's any other questions, comments. All right. Uh, and after the we're done here, if, uh, if anybody wants to chip in on what they're thinking of this study thus far, you can go ahead. All right, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that through your word, you have shown us that even when we go through hard and difficult times, you are there with us. You uh, invite us to call upon you in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to us. Remind us uh, in all these things to reflect your son, to reflect David as he reflects your son, uh, and to uh, trust in you, uh, come what may. This we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.